Hi everyone and welcome to the Organic Stream Talk Show. I'm your host Celine Murphy and this is episode one of our special edition on multi-story buildings. Apartments, condos, high-rise flats. Millions of us make our homes in all sorts of multi-story building configurations. In urban areas all around the world, we're stretching towards the sky. To save space on the ground and to make room for our growing populations. But what does this mean then for our organics collection programs? Well, it means we have a challenge on our hands. Right now, kind of the final frontier is looking at how can food scraps be recovered cleanly and at volume from multifamily buildings. I think it's one of the hardest environments to make work for organic separation. That's the key with multifamily apartments. It's, it's never going to end. From lack of space and ventilation problems to transient populations, multi-storey buildings are notoriously difficult to work with. Organics recycling programs often steer clear from them, especially in the beginning. And in many cities around the world, recycling rates in multi-storey buildings is dramatically lower than the rest of the residential sector. But if we're serious about saving our organics, then we need to get serious about multi-storey buildings. And the good news is, plenty of us already are. In this special edition, we explore the major challenges and factors we need to pay attention to when planning an organics program and invite guests from cities around the world who are leading the way with their programs to share with us their best practices and experiences. By the end of the show, we'll have a greater understanding of the current problems we face, examples of working solutions from international case studies, and we'll explore the new and innovative ways to increase participation and improve our systems. So let's dive right in. So in the first two episodes, we're taking a look at the main challenges we face today and the major factors we need to address when we start recycling organics in any type of multi-storey building. You can think of it as laying out the foundation for the upcoming episodes. There's no unified classification for multi-storey buildings. Usually they are categorised in terms of height. A typical description would be low-rise, mid-rise and high-rise buildings. Low-rise buildings have very few floors. Again, there are no unified rules here, but they're usually no more than three storeys high. These buildings are quite easy to work with and usually have a centralised collection point for waste and recycling. Mid-rise would generally be anything above three floors but below eight floors. And high-rises then are anything above eight floors. These are typically the buildings we're talking about in this episode as they're the most challenging of the three categories. It might also be useful to categorise the buildings by the type of waste and recycling facilities they have, since this will have a big bearing on how you approach the building. Buildings usually have either a chute system, single or multi-chute, 
waste rooms, sometimes on every floor, or a single collection area on the ground floor, garage, or in the courtyard. No matter how you categorize them, it's important to remember that each individual building will have its own challenges and advantages. For this reason, it could also be useful to categorize them in terms of level of difficulty. This can take into account a range of issues that will affect your program, like for example, whether there's a high turnover of tenants, a lack of space or perhaps ventilation issues in the building, or if the building manager is uninterested in the program. So where exactly are you going to put your bins and how will the hauler access them? Are you working in a building with limited space and maybe ventilation issues? Is there a chute system in the building and do you want to use this for organics? These are some of the key logistical questions you'll ask yourself in the beginning and your decisions and how you implement them will have a great impact on success. So our trash bins are across from the elevator, they're midway on each floor. This is Linda Corso, manager of Cathedral Hill Plaza on 1333 Gough Street in San Francisco. So this shows recycling, composting and then um, waste. Now, we took a trip to California last month to get a first-person view of the organics recycling programs in the state and some of the buildings involved that have been very successful. And we met with Linda, who was kind enough to show us around and tell us about how the system works in her building. Cathedral Hill Plaza was built in the 1960s, so it's an older building, and has 169 units with 14 storeys altogether. And Linda began a composting program at the building before it was even mandatory to do so. When I first read about it, I guess I read about it in the paper, um, that Recology was starting composting, I started looking into it and talked to them about getting composting bins, which we initially put in the garage and then just sent a memo to our tenants that composting was now available. Didn't work so well. Linda told us that nobody wanted to carry their icky compost bags all the way down to the garage when it was easier just to keep dumping it in the waste room on their floor. And then I um, contacted SF Environment. They came out, walked through with me, got the Slim Jim bins for both recycling and composting for our trash rooms. We have trash rooms on every floor, which makes it easier for the tenants. And then they also came and set up with Recology in our lobby and brought bins for tenants, brought bags for tenants, and had sort of an education thing one evening. They gave people a comfort level that there weren't going to be bugs crawling all over. We empty the bins in the hallways every day, and it really took off. So in terms of logistics, to make the program work, bins were placed where tenants were already going to leave their waste, instead of having them in the basement where they were less convenient. Linda showed us the waste rooms and they were spacious thanks to the slim bins and clean thanks to the waste being collected every day. All in all, this is an excellent setup. And after talking to Linda, here was me thinking that this system was probably the most ideal for buildings with waste rooms. But actually, the truth is that using waste rooms in this way is not all that common or straightforward. Hello? 
time, it's the Lexical team with the residential Zoe's team. I'm out of the office, but leave me a message here, and I'll get back to you when I return. Thank you. Record your message at the tone. Oops. Should try that again. This is me trying to reach Alexa Kilty, Zero Waste Specialist at the Department of Environment in San Francisco, who designed and implemented the multi-storey building food scrap collection and composting programme. Department of the Environment, this is Alexa. Hi Alexa, it's Aline. Hey Aline. San Francisco has 8,500 multi-storey buildings that they work with, and their composting and recycling mandate has been in place since 2009. I asked Alexa... Just how has San Francisco navigated the waste room situation and what do they do when a system like Linda's doesn't work? So um, when we're setting up a building, we look at is there the opportunity to collect on each floor? And if they have a trash room, we look at that and we do provide bins at no cost for apartment buildings to collect on each floor as long as they have maintenance staff in the building willing to collect it. And I have set up composting on each floor in buildings and it doesn't always work if you don't have proper ventilation and if you don't have maintenance staff on Saturday and Sunday because that typically are the days that people take their trash out on the weekends and you don't want to have like, you know, fish that someone cooked the night before in a non-vented trash room for 48 hours and that's going to create a real problem and it typically for the the residents who live close vicinity to the trash room they're the ones that complain first and so it doesn't always work so when we're setting up programs i think that's the main thing we look at is how do we equal the playing field most of the time because of space constraints and we're dealing with like an older building stock you're talking about requesting the tenants walking it down into basement areas to dispose of their recycling and composting and then the trash chute is still there. Trash chutes. Here we come to one of the biggest challenges for programs in multi-story buildings. I have here a 2011 report by the Recycling Council of British Columbia that says that in Toronto City, High-rise buildings with garbage chutes had significantly lower levels of participation and higher levels of contamination than buildings without chutes. This seems to confirm what I've been hearing from guests. Chutes are generally very convenient and easy for tenants to use. So for a mandatory programme like San Francisco's, where there is pressure to increase participation, what can we do about waste chutes? So um, basically, on every floor within a high-rise building, there'll be a chute where people can just throw their trash. Basically, it's prioritizing trash over all the other streams. Um, So something to keep in mind is how do we stop prioritizing trash? How do we design and set up buildings from the get-go, which we also have new ordinances in place requiring new construction to keep this in mind. But even when we're working in old buildings, how do we level the playing field? Okay, so she's telling me about leveling the playing field, which is a very important concept. But also, listen to what Alexa next told me about this quite interesting strategy strategy they're trying out to do just that. And we also encourage property managers to close their chutes um, and force the tenants to walk everything down into the basement area. And they usually love that idea because chutes typically can attract pests and all it takes is somebody to put one pizza box down there and then you have a jam chute. So they love to close chutes. The problem is 
the tenants union, the tenants board in San Francisco is very strong. And some tenants may consider that a reduction in services. And if they see it as a reduction in services, then they can, you know, apply to the rent board for a rent reduction. So because of that, property managers are very fearful. They don't want to deal with lawsuits. It's just a very tenuous situation for them. So... So that's San Francisco's waste shoot strategy. But what about New York? So should I go now? Okay. Uh, I'm Jessica Schreiber. I work at the Department of Sanitation and the Bureau of Recycling and Sustainability. I oversee all apartment programs. So any recycling programs that have to do with high-rise buildings fall under my group. So New York's Organics Recycling Program is a voluntary program that's been up and running since about 2013 and has been spreading through the city ever since, with at the moment 148 high-rise buildings involved in the programme. So shoots are definitely our biggest issue when working with buildings, particularly some of the, the newer buildings in the city. They have a shoot room on every floor. Residents are very used to just bringing everything to the shoot room and separating it there, throwing trash down the chute. By far, what we think is the best option for organics is like a single collection point. Usually it's in the basement. We want everything brought to one spot. Um, So for residents who aren't used to having to go to the basement for anything, bringing a separate food stream down to the basement is sort of daunting. So we have a lot of conversations about shoots with the building management. Um, There's pros if we were to make the shoot just for organics, and trash for the hopefully non-smelly items that could be separated on the side with the recyclables. Um, That's one option. There's not a lot of buildings in the city that have chosen to do that. Um, Other cities, though, have reported that that option tends to create more of a smell and more of a maintenance issue because this is loose food now going down a chute and getting stuck and not always totally bagged correctly. So we try to avoid the chutes when we can and do a single collection area where possible. Usually that's in the basement. Everybody can just bring their stuff down to a single collection point. There are buildings where they've tasked the super with collecting food scraps from a bin on each floor in the shoot room. So where they have that sort of building help, that's also possible. So here we see more problems. It seems that avoiding shoots and focusing on a central collection point is the most common strategy. And this brought me on to talk about one of the first participants in their programme, the Morningside Heights Housing Corporation. Morningside Heights is an impressive residential cooperative apartment complex comprised of six high-rise buildings in the borough of Manhattan, pretty close to Columbia University. The buildings are each 21 storeys high with a total of 980 apartments, so it's pretty massive. How they decided to introduce organics collection here, I think, is worth bringing up. They decided on a simple approach at the beginning, using a centralised system, not for each building, but for the complex itself. This had some unique benefits, and not just in terms of reducing maintenance costs and equipment costs, which led to the programme's success in the building. So Morningside Heights started actually as a drop-off point for the whole complex. So they have multiple buildings, and instead of every building having its own sort of collection spot in the basement, there was a drop-off point for the whole complex. So people who wanted to could bring it. The benefits of that is that it's very convenient for 
the building staff, it's one drop-off point. It's convenient for us to collect because we're, they're just taking it right from that point to the curb and it's all sort of centralized. The other benefit of that is that when it's a drop-off point, it makes it very easy to educate tenants about how to participate. It's a very clear message and it's also a point of education. So people walking by who aren't aware that this is an option will see it and become more engaged. So it's really, I think it's supportive of buildings who sort of want to get their feet wet before they jump all the way in. And then it's also a good way to sort of test it out. And you can see when the bins are closed, they don't smell. And because you're getting service three times a week, it doesn't sit long enough for it to become a problem. And these solid plastic bins are not going to attract rodents. So it's sort of the best way to ease a building in. And as residents become more used to bringing their stuff to this drop-off point, they're going to actually want it to be in their basement because that's even more convenient, like an added level of convenience to have it inside their own building versus somewhere in the complex. So centralized systems have a lot of benefits, especially if you can overcome the tricky shoot issue. And just like the waste rooms, you'll have to make sure the area is convenient, has adequate space, is well lit and clean. And remember... No matter what system you choose, you need to factor in convenient access for the hauler as well. It's not all just about the tenants. Now, we've covered quite a bit of ground in terms of logistics, keeping in mind space constraints, how waste will be collected in the building and by the hauler, costs, so whether you can afford maintenance staff or the extra bins, convenience for tenants, odours and pests, and the problem with shoots. In every aspect, there's a balance to be struck between convenience for tenants and practicality, and this can be very tricky to do. What really struck me, and what my guests have all pointed out as well, is that no two buildings are alike. Like snowflakes, or like people, they have their own characteristics, their own challenges and personalities. And the strategies you'll employ will have to be completely tailored to each building's needs. Now, before we continue with the show, I'd like to thank EcoVO from BASF for making this episode possible. EcoVO is a high-quality and versatile bioplastic made by BASF Certified compostable and containing bio-based content, the main areas of use are plastic films, dual-use bags, or agricultural films. Compostable packaging solutions, such as paper coating and injection moulding products, can also be produced with EcoVio. For more information, visit their website by clicking on the link in the description on our podcast page. And now, back to the show. In any given urban area, the age of the multi-storey buildings will factor into your organics recycling programme. So what are the issues with older buildings? Well, mainly that most of them have single shoot systems with tiny waste rooms or no waste rooms at all. Putting composting on a level playing field in this situation is very hard. Retrofitting is one solution, but an expensive one. San Francisco is encouraging people to close their shoots altogether But there are some issues here too, as we heard about. So let's look at the bigger steps we can take. 
the city of Milan in Italy, for example, where the majority of people live in apartment buildings actually, decided to close all shoots in the city. This was done mainly because of health and safety issues, but it did also level the playing field. And it's working. Shoots are closed and all organics are now collected in waste rooms or central locations. And we'll get deeper into this during our Milan case study in a later episode. Not all cities can take this approach, but they can make an impact in new buildings by requiring them to have adequate recycling facilities. Often, buildings are allowed to choose between a number of systems. For example, Alexa mentioned a new building code in San Francisco that it says, says basically all new construction has to have recycling composting trash on an equal playing field. So new buildings, she told me, often have decent sized waste rooms on every floor, which as a fan of waste rooms myself, I think is great. New shoot systems are also an option as well either with multiple shoots for each stream or just one for organics. And we already heard from Jessica about the possible issues with these. Another interesting option that Alexa told me about are diverter systems for shoots. How do they hold up? So they're now putting in diverter systems. Basically, it's one shoot with a button that you push and then there's a baffle at the bottom of the chute, which pushes the recycling or composting or trash into the right bin. Um, the problem with those is they never seem to work properly mm-hmm. or the tenants in the building haven't been trained properly to use it. So I haven't actually found one that has been working well, unfortunately. Okay, so that's a bit tricky then. I guess then the waste rooms is probably the best option at the moment. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the problem is just labor. You know, you yeah, have to have yeah. labor seven days a week and not all buildings have that. We take another short break now to also thank EcoSafe Zero Waste for making this episode possible. When planning an organics recycling program for multi-storey buildings, not only do you need custom solutions to suit those specific buildings, you need to address the challenges residents face every day in separating their food scraps and dealing with odours and insect infestations. EcoSafe Zero Waste specialise in designing and implementing source separation programmes for organics and recyclables. From kitchen caddies and zero waste stations, to compostable bags and dispenser systems, EcoSafe Zero Waste Solutions will help make your program a success. For more information, visit their website by clicking on the link in the description on our podcast page. And now, let's get back to the episode. Buildings are made up of people, and recycling systems are made up of people too. So, successful organics recycling, then, is all about building relationships. With the tenants, yes. But, first of all, with the building owner or manager. Property managers are absolutely crucial to the success of these programs. And we found that that person is probably the most key contact in terms of having success in the building. They got a lot of insight on how the building works, and they're also kind of our watchdog. They have eyes inside the building. 
In a 2014 report by the Washington State Recycling Association called Sorting It Out, the State of Multifamily Recycling in Washington State, it asked recycling professionals about the top challenges they face in program implementation. And it's quite telling that lack of support from building managers is number three on the list of challenges, just behind space and contamination. During our trip through California, we met with building managers like Linda Corso and saw just how valuable it is that they're fully on board with the programme and make it their own. But this isn't always the case. There are factors that can influence the level of enthusiasm or commitment to the programme. A building owner or manager might not know very much about organics recycling in the first place, why it's important and whether it will cause odours or pests, and this is where education and outreach is essential. We do a lot of outreach. We go to a lot of building events. We speak to a lot of management companies. This is Jessica Schreiber again. And I always, always introduce organics. And I sort of give a brief explanation of how it works, why it's important. When people hear that food waste is a third of our waste stream, that's a pretty staggering statistic. So we, we always introduce it um, as part of the apartment programs package. For buildings that express an interest, we will follow up enthusiastically. We'll do a site visit. We'll work with tenants to sort of educate them along and bring them on board. We do definitely encounter buildings that say no thank you <laughs> in a polite way, like are, are not interested. They basically have said like, not until I have to, am I even going to consider this? I think there's still, there's still some stigma around it, smell and rodents and stuff. Now, New York's program is voluntary, which means they're dependent on building managers who are interested. And Jessica told me that fortunately they have their hands full with building owners who are, so they have no need to engage uninterested managers at the moment. But for a mandatory program, it's a different story. So I'm Lily Kelly. I'm Senior Program Associate for Global Green USA's Coalition for Resource Recovery. Uh, we're based in Santa Monica, California. We have offices around the country in New York, New Orleans, Washington, D.C., and here in beautiful San Francisco. We met with Lily Kelly of Global Green in her office during our trip last month. As part of Global Green's goal to promote smart solutions for climate change, Lily has been exploring different solutions for organics recovery and working with cities on pilot projects in multi-storey residential buildings. So she has a wealth of experience on this topic. Lily told us how a mandatory programme can affect the way building managers interact with the programme. When there's an ordinance or when there's a law that requires composting, it really makes a difference. And of course it does. You know, that seems like a very obvious point to make. But just listening to the property managers changing their narrative about it from, oh, I don't know if I want to compost, it seems gross and smelly, to how do we make this work? How do I make it not gross and smelly? by using bags or training my tenants better? How do I avoid any kind of fines for contamination by you know, teaching people how to do it and making the signage really clear? Um, it really helps bring their minds to work on really solving the problem as opposed to just giving up on it and deciding it's too hard. Um, but then there are many other places where it's still voluntary and that's going to place a limit on it if it's more expensive. Even though the mandatory aspect can bring more people along, there will still be hesitant building managers. And one of the biggest barriers to their commitment is a worry over cost. 
This is an area you will need to address for mandatory programs, but even more so for voluntary programs. I think it is really important. Um, in particular, it shouldn't be an extra cost for them to add composting service. Uh, and there's typically a transition period where they're not going to reduce their trash service right away just because they've added composting service. Down the line, that may be possible. And ideally, that's what will happen is there will be less trash volume. And so that service will go down uh, and it will become less costly to the property manager. But as a safety precaution for preventing any sort of overflow of trash, they always want to try adding compost first and then, as needed, reducing trash systems. So getting that buy-in from them, unless it's mandated, uh, which in many cities it's not mandatory for, for property managers to do this, then there has to be at least a cost-neutral option for them. And finally... With a mandatory program, you will have one more tool at your disposal, enforcement and the threat of fines. So for the last bit of this show, let's take a listen to what Alexa told me about San Francisco's strategy on this front. Right, well, um, San Francisco has taken a very kind of, I would say, mild approach when it comes to enforcement. Um, that's not to say we have we have implemented some processing fees on buildings. So basically, if we find, you know, over 50% compostables or recyclables and trash, like I said, we can uh, put a 50% processing charge on those accounts. And we have been doing that. And that mm-hmm. usually does get the attention of the property managers and they do eventually call and ask for our assistance, how they can improve their, their setup and how can they motivate their tenants. We don't usually, when we approach these property managers, we don't right out of the gate start talking about the law and the requirements because people don't respond well to that. And so what we try to say, you know, we're offering this service. It can greatly help your building. It also helps maintain your building so it's cleaner if you get people thinking about how they sort their trash properly. Um, they typically will manage it better. So um, we we talk about that. And if they're still not, if they're still resistant and they still don't want to work with us, and then we start talking about the lots. I'm afraid we'll have to leave it here for this first episode of our special on organics recycling in multi-story buildings. I hope you enjoyed our journey so far and the new format. We've covered some critical challenges and key factors that come into play today. And for episode two, we continue in this vein to discuss tenant participation, bin lining strategies, dealing with demographics and more. So if you have any questions or comments, you can contact us on our website, organicstream.org, or on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is The Orgstream. That's all for this episode. Join us again for episode two of our multi-story building special. <laughs>